Welcome to episode four of the X-Men Task Podcast, where we watch every single episode of the X-Men animated series. My name is Willie. And I'm Sonia. And uh, this episode is called Deadly Reunions. But before we delve into it, um, I just want to mention some brief things, such as uh, your ability to uh, seek us out on Facebook and talk to us, ask us questions, uh, join our fan community. Um, just look for X-Men Task Podcast. Also, uh, another reminder to subscribe uh, to us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars so we can keep growing our little show. You can also follow me uh, on Twitter, at Willie Simpson. Sonia, you're not really on Twitter anymore, are you? Uh, no, I don't really tweet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but follow me. Uh, uh, I'll be posting some regular updates on there as well. Anyway, this episode, Deadly Reunions. Right, so this uh, is the second part of another two-parter episode. We had the two be continued at the last one. And in episode three, the last one we watched and talked about, we met Magneto for the first time, and our heroes already foiled a plot he had to send nuclear missiles into some city and cause massive devastation. And so we saw a little <laughs> a little plot resolve itself there. Right, and now Magneto sort of downgrades his plan from nuking cities to just destroying a chemical plant. Right. Well, we see him <laughs> in this episode in his, you know, um, villain's lair, and we really get an insight into his planning that he doesn't have a master plan. He says something like, any location is as good as any other, as long as there's humans there, right. and, and lots of them to and, destroy. And for some reason, he wants to draw draw out Professor X, and he's just more interested in taunting him at this point, for some reason. Well, not for some reason. They have a really long history together. They do, but is he there to taunt him, or to, to recruit him to his side? It's, it's kind of like, Magneto's motivation is a little uh, mysterious in this episode. Well, I think in the last episode, we learned that Magneto didn't really know where Professor X was mm. or if he was alive or what he was up to. Right. And he's kind of surprised to see what he's up to with right. all, you know, basically he started the X-Men. He's yeah, got this troop he, of like do-gooders. Right. He's intrigued by the X-Men. <laughs> and he's, I think, disappointed in the last episode that he doesn't actually come face to face with Charles. Right. It's anticlimactic for him. It, it's kind of weird because, it, you know, it really actually spells out what's going on in the X-Men universe. Uh, Magneto's got his war, which he's very open about. Um, Professor X created the X-Men in many ways to counter Magneto. And it seems like Magneto's sort of surprised that Professor X even took that action. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool. That's it's, the whole point of, like, your internal rhetoric, right? Everyone always thinks they're right. Pretty yeah. much. So it, Magneto's like, obviously the solution is to kill all the humans. And right. Professor X is, obviously the solution is to make a peaceful society yes. alongside the humans. Yeah, but he's conceded to Magneto that the need for violence uh, is necessary to some degree. Mm -hmm. Hence the X-Men and their militaristic ways. Yeah. Um, and But, you know, the episode opens uh, 
Sabretooth is still in captivity at the X-Mansion, much to Wolverine's chagrin. In, like, a weird hovering chair with his arms shackled, shackled to computer-like shackles. But he's, like, the centerpiece of this room, which is so strange. He's up on this, like, yeah. <laughs> pedestal, basically. He's in but... another floating chair. Professor X really has floating chair technology, <laughs> like, down pat. Maybe that's the source of his mysterious fortune. He uh, has a bunch of patents on uh, hover chairs. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's cool, but... Anyway, it's like a really strange place for Sabretooth to be. And he's just sitting in this chair kind of snarling. <laughs> he's not yeah. like... He's, he's like an intelligent being, even though he's evil. But, like, everyone's kind of talking around him, and mm-hmm. it takes him a little bit before he... Well, he's, he's a human being, with, but he's uh, filled with super overloaded mutant animal like emotions and rages and stuff right as professor x notes in his uh, psychedelic uh mental therapy session he provides for Sabretooth. right which is uh you know really one of the actually great touchstones of this show is uh portraying um these trips into the mental astral the psyche of all the psyche of people. people right yeah, yeah. so Sabretooth's mind uh, he, you know, he imagines himself in a zoo prison cell where he's being taunted by humans, throwing things at him who turn into horrible beasts. And then... Right. There's that one line that Professor X delivers about, like, why can't you let your demons go as, as like, the, the people turn into literal demons? There's nothing right. subtle about that. Yeah, and then there's a really weird moment where Professor X merges uh, his body with Sabretooth and... And their physical features merge as well to create this new uh, Professor X Sabretooth action figure that I wonder if you can buy. (laughs) (laughs) This bald guy with uh, Sabretooth's blonde mutton chops. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, and and Professor X's lab coat. It makes no sense. So this is like some insight into what a therapy session would be like with Professor X. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty intense. Yeah, it's pretty unsettling, actually. Uh, you know, and there's a moment where Sabretooth escapes this new uh, creepy hybrid and uh, hides into a like a concrete box that Professor X can't penetrate. Right. It, uh, that's it's floating kind of in like it's floating in like a in like a weird a sea of spikes. A sea of spikes, <laughs> yeah, and this weird like orange purple background. Right. But I thought Professor X was supposed to be so super powerful that. Uh, it's surprising to me that he's not able to penetrate this psychic box that Sabretooth <laughs> puts up, you know? Like, yeah. who would have thought that Sabretooth could could actually hide anything from right. Professor and, X? And spoilers jump to the end uh, of this episode. Uh, Sabretooth admits to Jubilee that he's just been faking his his mental anguish that Professor X is trying to cure. And so congratulations, Professor X, you got outwitted by Sabretooth, who was just simply lying to you. And what good are your (laughs) psychic powers if you can't (laughs) breach Sabretooth's fibbing? (laughs) Right. In a a momentous plot exposition, uh, he he reveals that. But I don't think it's so much that he doesn't have any uh, of these, like, emotional issues I think the emotional issues that Professor X is looking at in that scene are mm-hmm. real. Yeah. I think the only thing really is that Sabretooth has the concrete block uh, inside his mind. <laughs> and the secret that's inside there is that he's, like, penetrated the mansion 
on purpose. To get a reconnaissance for Magneto and to destroy parts of the mansion, maybe. Right. So yeah. really, he only kept one secret. Yeah, but it's such <laughs> a really stupid... I mean, he's just a dumb brute, and the fact that he could keep that secret from a man with enormous uh, mental powers yes. is kind of an inconsistency in the show. But right. that's fine. It's pretty funny. Um, or impressive. Right. One other thing with Sabretooth is, what's up with his eyes? He doesn't have pupils or irises. It's, it's just blank white in there. We don't... I, I think they're just blank white eyes, but he also does have the crown thing over his forehead that c- goes over uh, his eyebrows and underneath his eyeballs. Um, like a mask is what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, like a mask. So maybe... <laughs> <laughs> yes, like a mask. So maybe it's a covering like Batman. Uh, over his eyeballs. Oh, okay. It's like, I don't know, but maybe it's All like right. a standard Batman eyeball covering. Yeah, that could be. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. So Professor X hits a wall with Sabretooth when it comes to this therapy stuff. Turns out being extremely psychic does not make you a great therapist. <laughs> Which is evidenced by uh, he hasn't even been that good of a therapist to Wolverine either. No, Wolverine certainly has severe anger management issues. Yeah, still. Wolverine still has a lot of troubling issues. And but then uh, Professor X kind of threatens Wolverine in a weird way. He says, uh, "Wolverine, I'm going to need you to assist me in the next stage of Sabretooth's therapy." To which Wolverine is extremely. I mean, indignant. it's not a threat. It's just like he's trying to get him involved, and it's not a good idea. Which makes him even a worse therapist to both of them because right. they're they're old enemies. They're pissed at each other. Yeah. Like this is not. And this is the moment where Wolverine finally admits that, listen, Sabretooth is a murderer. He murdered my friends. This guy is pretty irredeemable. Why are you trying to save him? Right. We finally get a little bit of plot exposition and, on and, that front. And still, and still, that's kind of ignored. Yeah. And then right. the alarms go off again, and they have to confront Magneto again. Though this time without Wolverine, because he just, he's had enough with this shit. Well, because he heard that he has to participate in Sabretooth's therapy sessions, and he's like, fuck this, I'm out of this. (laughs) (laughs) He basically says, fuck this, I'm out of here. And, uh, you know, Professor X leaves Jubilee behind to guard Sabretooth, which is another Another bad management choice. (laughs) So Magneto is at some uh, random chemical plant uh, causing mayhem and destruction, Blowing uh, up enormous vats of green ooze. Yeah, green goo that, you know, <laughs> seems like the same green ooze that might have transformed the Joker right. uh, in a different universe. Right. Um, in the comic book world, there's a lot of dangerous green goo out there. Yeah. Of unknown properties. Just like real life. We can only hope. Um, so mm-hmm. Magneto uh, is again confronted by the X-Men who fly to the factory and they think they're going to foil Magneto, but this time they do not. Uh, Cyclops gets knocked out by some green gas. There's, like, <laughs> laser beams flying everywhere. Storm, it turns out her electricity is not uh, a good weapon against Magneto because he just absorbs all her lightning bolts and uses the power. Don't you understand that magnetism and electricity are related? <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> Anyway. Still doesn't maybe explain how, even if he has magnetic powers, how he could just take a lightning bolt to the face. Right, but for some reason he can, and it's it's no problem. So then he starts using his powers, and he um, is shooting everywhere, and this wall starts collapsing on top of Storm. Rogue rushes in to try to hold it up as long as she can, 
but it just like starts crumbling on on top of the two of them right and and storm panics and we see a little insight into her past where she's a child and she was in some kind of exploding building as well and so she freaks out uh so she's got some kind of uh, inner trauma she has to deal with that they're going to elucidate more in a future episode. Right. Um, but they don't really say what that is yet. Hopefully Professor X won't try to provide her too much therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. She should go out of network, <laughs> out of the X network. Yeah. Just pay the pay the premium that it's going to cost to get some other therapist. <laughs> Right, but so, so yeah. We... So she's buried. You know, that scene always stuck out to me as a kid because it looks like a lot of bricks are falling on her in that moment. And how could Storm survive all those bricks collapsing on her? But she does. Um, right. And so now Rogue and Storm are now knocked out along with Cyclops. It looks like Magneto is victorious. But then uh, that just draws out Professor X finally. Well, he reveals that that's what he's trying to do. And yes. so Professor X comes out and he's like, all right, you're after me, like, here I am. And that's where the reunion face-off happens between the two of them. Right, but, but before that moment, it goes to commercial, and then we see Rogue burst out of the bricks, and sort of, uh, you know, Storm's okay, she's knocked out, and uh, Cyclops is passed out. Uh, and it's kind of weird that this is all happening supposedly right when, where Magneto and Professor X are now talking. Right, because in the scene with the X-Men, you don't see Magneto and Professor X. And then when they cut to Professor X and Magneto talking, you don't see the X-Men. Yeah, but, but it seems like they're still all in the same they're place. They're like in the same room because the background is exactly the same. Yeah, so there, <laughs> there's a <laughs> little, like... some narrative uh, trickery going on. Yeah. But this is another instance uh, where... A character is performing a job they are way unqualified for. How's that? Because Rogue is giving CPR to Cyclops, and the last person you want giving CPR to you is someone who could literally suck out your life force right. and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Which like doesn't happen right away, actually, because she gives him like two or three rounds of CPR, mm -hmm. and as I'm watching, I'm like panicking a little bit because I'm like, wait, she can't touch somebody's skin. Well, he's already but, passed out. Right, yeah, so you don't see, like, the effects on him. Yeah. But, like, Rogue herself doesn't start shooting laser beams out of her eyes until, like, a couple of beats later, you know? Yeah, and it's it's pretty awesome, actually, when she shoots the lasers out of her eyes. You're really seeing, for the first time, her absorbing someone else's power. And also you get, like, this great, like, wide shot of the factory as uh, Rogue's laser beams, like, cut through the factory wall in this insane way, which really shows you how powerful Cyclops is. Right. That's, like, a reminder, I think, for yeah. for all of us how powerful he is because yeah. she's, like, staggering around from, like, I don't know, the backlash or something of yeah. just not being able to control the lasers that well. Yeah. And so now the X-Men are all sort of knocked out of commission because Rogue's blind because she has to shut her eyes to keep Cyclops's power from going off. Right. So she's doing her best. She's stumbling around and saving her friends. But then the action shifts over to Professor X and Magneto, and it's up to Professor X. To stop Magneto. Right. And, like, he gets de-chaired really quick by Magneto. Yeah. So, but, like, he's such a badass that he doesn't even, like... 
I don't know. He doesn't give up. He's like crawling along the floor on his forearms. He's FDR, the action hero. (laughs) And they have like another great political discussion uh, in the midst of all this flames and fire where Professor X just says, like, look, this is the result of your actions, all this horror. You think violence is a solution to all the world's problems and all of mutants' problems. And just look around you. It's not. And Magneto thinks he's a naive fool. Uh, and it's like, again, like that great philosophical divide that uh, separates them. And Magneto's ready to kill him on the spot. He like... Well, no, first he offers him a chance to join him. Right, okay. But then when he refuses... Yes, then he... He gets ready to kill him. Yeah. And then... Professor X like, enough, I'm too strong for you. <laughs> right. So Professor X then... Uh, uses his mental projections and dredges up, like, the most painful memories in Magneto's past. Yeah, basically the day (laughs) when uh, Magneto's family was being killed by the Nazis. And again, you know, in this cartoon, it's not really the Nazis. Uh, It's like a faceless occupying force. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in my mind, it is the Nazis, uh, especially as evidenced by uh, Magneto's like 1930s depression era cap he wears as a child Mm -hmm. and calling out for his mama and papa you know that's just classic uh signifiers of oppressed people at the time of uh the holocaust (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so it's to me though it's it's like i i think that professor x's intention in bringing that uh that um flashback to Magneto's mind is the parallel between Mm -hmm. the destruction that's all around them and the destruction of that time in his childhood. He's reminding Magneto that how devastating violence is to people. But I don't know if that really hits home for Magneto. I think it's just raw pain for him to have to live through that experience in his mind over again. He's in total denial about it. So he like has to blast a hole through the wall and escape because he just can't Again, the suffering. Yeah, again, Professor X is a bad therapist. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, granted, this time he's performing therapy in a burning factory of dangerous chemicals, but still, maybe there could have been another way to calm Magneto down and show him, you know, a a more peaceful solution to his violent tendencies. Maybe, but Magneto's just kind of a crazed lunatic at this point, so maybe not. Also. Yeah, I think Professor X is playing the long game. He just needs to remind Magneto of uh, how uh, terrible his violent youth was mm-hmm. and to give him another glimpse of that before he continues on his ridiculous crusade. Mm-hmm. All right, and you know, and just one little detail that's kind of funny to us uh, that we both were talking about is uh, Magneto's real name in the show mm-hmm. is Magnus. Right, as opposed to other... Movies and... Well, yeah, in the movies, he's Eric Lencher. Right. And then I, I did some research on this. In the comics, he had both the names of Magnus and Eric Lencher. And he had some other names, too. It doesn't matter. Like, they're all his names. <laughs> <laughs> but Magnus is especially funny, right? Right. Like, too much of a coincidence. Yeah. His, his parents named him Magnus, and then he turned he, out to be Magneto. Yeah, the master of magnetism. And chess. And... And ch- right, because there's this guy, the current world chess champion right. is named Magnus, yeah. and Professor X and Magneto <laughs> like to play chess. Well, at least in the movies they do. Um, and, you know, I was actually watching... Yeah. Shout out to Magnus Carlsen. Yes, shout out to Magnus Carlsen. <laughs> <laughs> Don't become a lunatic, as many chess masters are liable to do. <laughs> Sorry, uh, what were you saying? 
I don't know. This is a completely irreverent detail, but I was watching X-Men Apocalypse this morning. Uh, you weren't around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the scene where the Polish guards confront Magneto and his family in the woods, and they call him Magneto, mm-hmm. which I guess is the Polish... Pronunciation of Magneto. Yeah, and that just really... I found, I found that really, like, bizarrely odd and charming. And I'm just going to call him Magneto from now. <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> This is something very it's weird to combine like an old an old world language like Polish with ridiculous science fiction concepts. Which ironically makes it closer to the word magnet. So if you wanna really take it literally and to the extreme you could just start calling him Magneto. <laughs> Magneto. <laughs> I wonder how many kids in the sixties when they first read the comics and nobody's telling them how to pronounce his name called him Magneto. <laughs> like the breakfast cereal. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast cereal, what? Because the O, never mind. I'm taking oh, okay. a turn here. <laughs> yes, we've taken a really weird turn. Um, and then, uh, so the X-Men, you know, um, uh, Professor X uh, vanquishes Magneto for the moment, Magneto. <laughs> and uh, he escapes with Rogue, uh, who psychically provides her vision as they fly to the Blackbird, him in his flying chair, her floating around with Storm and Cyclops. And back at the X-Mansion... Wait, I'll just interject there because that's an awesome sh- scene, just like little snippet mm-hmm. when he gets his chair back because like he had crawled on yeah. his elbow, right? And then he like beams it over to him and the chair comes like flying in, yeah, like flips. rotating and <laughs> right, flipping and swirling over to right. him. Right. That's why I said you need the yellow chair in the movie and it was a big oversight. Yeah. And also it's another great scene where Professor X is communicating with Rogue, who's blind uh, and he projects his giant bald head in her eyes to communicate right. with she her. She has her eyes closed because she has Cyclops' power. Yeah. Yeah, like Wizard of Oz style. Yeah. And if I ever get uh, psychic powers, that's I'm going to communicate with all my friends when I need them. <laughs> I'm going to project an image of my floating head to them. You have to, like, like super large. <laughs> Come to my house for pizza. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to change your voice or if it's just you. Hey, guys. <laughs> It's like, are you in the bathroom right now? (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. Uh, So, but back at the X-Mansion, Sabretooth's grand plan is revealed to Jubilee that he's been faking it the whole time, that uh, a a few mealy-mouthed words from Xavier is not going to change his uh, overall lifestyle, that he's a big, giant asshole. (laughs) Right. And that he was sent on a mission from Magneto to destroy the X-Mansion and get information so he tricks uh, Jubilee into freeing him. And then we finally get our first uh, big fight scene between Sabretooth and Wolverine. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Wolverine's kind of stalking him in the shadows at first. I, right I before he's going to kill Jubilee, by the way. Right. Well, he knows it's not going to happen right away because Sabretooth is on a long tangent about his... Well, not a tangent, but he's revealing his whole plot and, like, kind yeah. of patting himself on the back for being so smart, <laughs> yeah. basically. I mean, he did, he's he is, just, like, struggling, you know. He, he's, he should pat himself on the back. He outwitted the great Professor X. Right, okay. It was a brilliant plan up Fair until enough. that moment. But it's really funny because he's on this long expository uh, speech and, like, you just see Wolverine's little shadow of uh-huh. his, like, head hair. He's like Batman. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, sneak up in the shadows for a second. Yeah. It's really good. And then Wolverine uh, lets out one of his most immortal lines, uh, which, as a kid, was very exciting because it had shades of Home Alone. He says to Sabretooth, uh, he calls him an egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't get, in the early 90s, there was a lot of egg-sucking insults. 
that yeah. you are an egg sucker or something. Go and, suck an egg. Right, go suck an egg. Like, what? <laughs> I've never... <laughs> There's probably some kind of really vile history to that. I don't know what it is. Well, but... I guess the idea is if you have an egg in your mouth, you know, you have to be really gentle. Otherwise, it'll collapse and it'll be gross. Uh-huh. Is that all there is to it? I don't know. I don't know either. So they fight... Uh, and at first I thought we were going to get – because I you know, hadn't really remembered this fight. And I thought we were going to get a really tame, censored fight. Um, and they don't really punch each other, obviously, because Wolverine has his claws out. Right. And, it's, and that's great, too, when you see the claws come out because there's that big metallic sound effect. Shoo! And or the, whatever. the blue, the blue and electricity. Like he, yeah, he always has them, like, crossed at first when he yeah. pulls them out. So it looks like uh, – I don't know. It's like this like a triple X. Like, yeah, it's a triple X on both sides. Fries yeah. <laughs> of claws. And let's just talk about how great Wolverine's claws are in the show. He uh, every time he lets them out, it's not cheap. It's a huge dramatic moment, <laughs> right. and he's like the like, whole show pauses to let it happen. Yeah, he is like just a volcano of rage, and he gets those claws to really express that rage. Yeah, and there's just something so great about them. Uh, it's just one of the things in life that makes me happy. Kind of like Saturn's rings. It's just like a perfect thing in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of many other analogies with that. <laughs> Just something bafflingly great and beautiful are Wolverine's claws. Uh, so they fight. And like I said, I thought this was going to be like another wimpy fight where they just kind of wrestle around, which more or less they do. But I forgot, Sabretooth gets in like a huge slice on Wolverine's stomach. Yeah. And you see some red marks on his stomach. And mm-hmm. that's that's about as violent as the show gets in a way. Mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting, uh, you know, that's enough to completely incapacitate Wolverine, that slash. Right. Um, and then the X-Men are all really worried about him. And yeah, they wrap him up in bandages, and he's unconscious. They take him to the infirmary. Yeah. I mean, he's a quick healer. It doesn't seem like they should be that concerned. Right. But... You would think that that kind of slash wouldn't be that big of a deal for him. But in my mind, how I justified it was, like, okay, well, uh, Sabretooth really cut deep. Like, he sliced up some... Like uh, intestines and his major organs punctured his stomach. <laughs> so that's the only way that makes sense. And if that's you know how I have to justify, it, I think that's actually very satisfactory. <laughs> Maybe that all his guts were spilling out. (laughs) Which is not what it looks like. It looks like a red slice. Well, maybe we just didn't see the full angle of it. Maybe we're thinking too hard about it. No. Oh, and I guess we kind of uh, brushed over the fact of how Jubilee was the one who sort of saved the day. Uh, The X-Men arrive at home, and they still think that Wolverine is to blame for Sabretooth getting loose and and that he attacks Sabretooth or something. But Jubilee comes to Wolverine's defense and uh, finally Wolverine gets some uh, justification. Right. She tells them, like, no, he was about to kill or destroy me, whatever she says. He was about to hurt me. Yeah. And Wolverine saved me. And and she's the one who blows Sabretooth through the wall with her fireworks. Right. And Sabretooth just sort of uh, wimpily runs away into the forest of Westchester. <laughs> <laughs> wimpily, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, why? I mean, he just got... Yeah. Attacked by Jubilee, he he could come back and fight the X-Men. Right. You know, Wolverine's down for the count at this point. Finally, those fireworks came in handy. I, I guess he just had enough. He's like, I just can't deal with these people anymore. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which uh, he does. Yeah, he does see them later. Um, <laughs> so uh, Wolverine's out for the count, but the day is more or less saved. Uh, uh, Rogue gets turned back to normal. Cyclops gets his power back. 
and again, uh, Magneto is uh, left in the wind. Right. He's he's uh, he's down, but he's not out yet either. Um, and that's and that's the the gist of Deadly Reunions. Yeah, I mean, not that deadly. All of our heroes and villains live to fight another day, but um, what do you think? Good episode? Um, I think I think it's a good episode. It's good when paired with the previous episode, Enter Magneto. It's, it's a nice two-parter. Um, I think the resolution of the Sabretooth arc is kind of weak. Mm. Like we said, for one, the, how much of a failure Professor X was in being his therapist and not seeing that Sabretooth uh, was trying to fool him. And then Sabretooth, it's just all ending with Sabretooth running away into the woods and nobody caring. Yeah. So that was kind of like, you know, what was the point of Sabretooth? Um, I guess other than, it just, he just, he's there to reveal more of Wolverine's backstory. Right. Uh, and to draw out Wolverine's character a bit more. Um, and then there's like some really nice action scenes when, you know, especially when Rogue gets Cyclops' power, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, it's always nice when Professor X and Magneto are in the same room, actually. Yeah. They're very powerful characters. And, and they have a lot of history together yeah. as friends turned enemies. Yeah. That's a really complex relationship yeah. that yeah. I'm glad they get into. Right. So this episode, if anything, it just draws more of the characters' backstories and personalities out a little more. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And, you know, the... the uh, the, the show's off to a very good start still. I say four for four. Yeah. In terms of I'll good agree. episodes. Yes. I'll agree. So um, that's it for this episode. Uh, the next episode is Captive Hearts. Um, I like it already. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely one of the weirder early episodes. There's going to be a lot of strange things to cover, namely weird, gross sewer mutants. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler for everyone out there. We're we're looking forward to those sewer mutants. Well, I think that's about it for us. Yes. So that's about it. Um, just a reminder: uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher now. Find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, tell all your friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye.